Hey, I want to introduce, uh, I have a 13-year-old son. His name is Abram. This is his first Desperation Conference. A- Abram, stand up over here. This is my guy. First time. Fired up. He was up at like 6.30 this morning, ready to go. Fired up. Let's go, Dad. Let's go to Desperation. All right, all right let me wake up. You know, it's was, it was good to be for him to be here. It's good to see all you guys. Hey, uh, I, I really feel this morning that I have a really a prophetic message for you, a message that honestly I got yesterday standing in this over in the corner. So Jared's leading yesterday morning and I had an entirely different message I was going to share this morning and, and I really felt like the Lord gave me something really special for you. The, the, the message I was going to tell you was uh, that how skinny jeans cause pimples, but that, that's, uh, that's true by the way. Skinny jeans do cause pimples. No, the only guy who wears skinny jeans that doesn't have pimples is John Egan. Everybody else does. I'm just telling you. They cause pimples. So I'll share that in July, but I got a different message this morning, right? So as, as many of you know, uh, on uh, Saturday, last Saturday, we had a fire that started in Waldo Canyon. And, and, I, and so it was around, I don't know, noon, two, one o'clock, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. We saw this big plume of smoke like come right up out of the canyon. And just in a matter of hours, that fire just took over the whole side of the mountain. And so Saturday and Sunday, even as we were having church on Sunday, the fire, the smoke was all over the place. Uh, the uh, firefighters were out there putting their lives on the line, trying to c- contain the fire. And then on Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, the wind, I mean, we had like 60 to 70 mile an hour winds. The temperatures were like 100 degrees, uh, all time record highs. We haven't had rain here in several weeks. So it was a perfect storm for this fire. And we were in my office on, uh, on Tuesday around 4.30, and suddenly the winds shifted. The winds were kind of coming out of the south, kind of blowing up toward the north. And all of a sudden, a little thunderstorm was brewing back behind Pikes Peak, and the wind shifted out of the west. And we stood there in our, my office, a group of us, and watched the fires literally come over the, the, the ridge and come racing down into a, a neighborhood. And as many of you know, I don't know if you've been, you probably haven't seen the news, but 346 homes destroyed. Uh, no firefighters have been injured. They did find, uh, a, I think that they're going to say now, I think maybe one or two people did pass away and lost their lives in this fire. So we've, we've had a, a pretty epic week around here, watching those fires race through neighborhoods and literally houses were exploding. I mean, the fires were so hot that, that they would, uh, the fire would get close to a tree and the tree would just explode and then it would get close to a house and a house would just be consumed within a matter of minutes. And these are, these are people's homes. This is where, you know, people, uh, we've heard stories of people who've lived in these homes 30, 35 years, who, who raised their families there and have grandkids there and, and now their homes are just gone. So... This week has been uh, real challenging. In fact, we came very close to just saying, hey, maybe we should just call off the June Desperation Conference. And then the Lord really spoke to us. He said, and he spoke to me and he said, what, what better way to encourage our city than to have thousands of kids, students here with us praying for God to move in our city. And so I want to say thank, thank you for your prayers and thank you for being here. And this is a desperation that none of us will ever forget. It was a desperation when we really did see the fire. <laughs> see, we've asked for it, but it was physical fire. And, and so I want to tell you what happened. So uh, on Wednesday, on the first day of desperation, I got a call from a, a, a guy, a, a local reporter. He called him, and, and uh, I was in the car. I was in my pickup and had Abram and my, my daughter Callie were both in the pickup with me. And, he, and so I, I returned his call, and he said, hey, Pastor Brady. And he was real, real kind of abrupt. He was, uh, he was, you could tell he was a little aggravated and he said, um, Hey, pastor Brady, 
uh, I've been following you on Twitter, and uh, I noticed that you and all your other Christian friends have been praying for rain. I like that, kind of, a, you know, kind of an attitude in his voice. Hey, all of your Christian friends have been praying for rain, and it's not raining. That bother you? Just like that to me. This is, this is how he asked me the question on Wednesday. So all, you and all your Christian friends have been praying for rain, and it's not raining. Does that bother you? Now here, this is in front of Abram and Callie. I had one on the speakerphone because I'm driving, you know, so I didn't want to have the phone on my ear because it's illegal. Anyway, so uh, I, 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 I thought, he kind of, it kind of rattled me for a minute because of the way he asked the question. And I, So I have a question for you. Are you. Have you ever asked God for something, prayed for something, and it didn't happen? You ever, that ever happened to you? Have you ever prayed for something? Have you ever prayed for a sick friend and the, the sick friend didn't get better, maybe died even? Or maybe prayed for whatever and it didn't happen? And, and what happens is we become disappointed with God then, don't we? And this guy, I don't know if he's a Christ follower or not. I didn't ask. He, he didn't appear to be. He was mad. And he, he had a good question that I think we need to learn how to answer. I mean, why do we pray? This whole prayer movement, all of desperation was birthed as a prayer movement for students 11 years ago. Pastor David, John Egan, some others decided that they wanted to just gather and pray on a regular basis. And out of that came the desperation movement, the desperation conferences. So at the core of what we're doing here is we're, we're a prayer movement for students. And, and out of that, other things have happened. But at the core of desperation, the core of who we are is we're a group of people who gather and pray together and seek God. But what happens... When the rain doesn't come. The title of my message this morning is, where is the rain? That was his question to me. Where's the rain? Hey, Brady, all your Christian friends are praying for rain. Where's the rain? Now, I answered him. I gave him. I said, I, I said to him, I said, listen. And by, by the way, it was, it was interesting. And Abram even mentioned this to me this morning. He said, you know, Dad, when that guy asked you the question, it was raining on your truck. It was. It was raining when we, he asked me the question. I had my windshield wipers on. And he was going, where's all the rain? I, I started to be a smart aleck back and said, on my truck. It's coming. <laughs> but I told him, I said, listen, I, I understand your frustration and understand your confusion. And I think it's a good question. Why does God not answer our prayers exactly the way we ask them and when we ask them? And he said to me, he said, and I said back to him, I said, listen, actually, we've been praying for three things. We prayed for the safe evacuation of those who had to flee their homes. And we, it was unbelievable. 30,000 people got evacuated. We didn't have any accidents. I mean, it was a little bit of confusion and chaos at times, but people got evacuated safely. <clears throat> Only one person lost their life. We, this is the fire of the century we just experienced. This is a 100-year fire. People said we may never live to see anything like this again, and yet only one person lost their life. And I said, that, and I, that, while that is sad, I said, it's also a miracle that 30,000 people ran for their lives, and no one but one person lost their life, and there were no injuries. I said, the second thing we've prayed for, we prayed for the safety of the firefighters. We've had no firefighters injured and they've been battling this blaze 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <clears throat> so I told him that I said, listen, I said, I understand science and reason. I understand it's probably because of their professional training that these firefighters are doing so well. I said, but I believe our prayers matter. I said back to this reporter, I think our, our prayers do matter. No firefighters have been injured. We had the safe evacuation of 30,000 people. And I said, and the, and the rain is going to come. We will have rain. And I, and I said to him, I said, listen, if we treat God 
like, like we're spoiled children. I said, you're, you're treating God like, a, like you're a spoiled child. And he said, what? I said, oh, here, here's what happens. We ask God for something. He doesn't do it, so we get mad. We ask dad for something. It doesn't happen the way we thought, so we, then we get mad. I said, that's a spoiled child approach to God and to prayer. And, I, and, I, and so as I hung up the phone, I said, I, I, was, I, was, I said to him, listen, God is in the midst of this. God is with us. The one thing we do know, whether we're in the valley of the shadow of death or when we're in the top of the mountaintop with great success, God is with us. God is among us. God is at work. Even when it's hidden, even when it's below the soil, God is at work. And I said, our prayers do matter. We're the, and, and, and so he, he, he didn't like my answer. He, he wanted me, he, want, he was trying to rattle me. And so I asked some questions. I asked some questions. Why do we pray? Let me ask you a question. Why do you bother to pray? I mean, why, why is it that we pause and pray? What, what's, the, what's, the, what, what's really at work in our heart when we're praying? And so I just asked a question. I was standing over there yesterday morning and I said, Lord, and I saw you and I love watching you worship. And I love just standing over here and watching you worship and seeing God at work in your heart. But I was asking these questions even as you were worshiping and praying. Why do we bother? I mean, I I love to worship and I love to pray, but what's really going on in our lives when we pray and when we're seeking God? So I wrote down some things this morning. I'm just going to share. This is going to be a little disorganized because I just wrote down some thoughts yesterday. Here's, a, here's, here's some reasons why I want you to pray, why God has called us to be men and women of prayer. And the first one I wrote down is that we pray to overcome. The reason God calls us to pray, in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is in the garden with his disciples. He's about to be arrested. He's about to be crucified. And this is, this is the, the pivotal moment of Jesus' ministry on the earth. He's about to go to the cross. And he looks at these dear men, these men, his friends, his, his, his comrades, these men that are with him. And he says to them, watch and pray. One of his final instructions to his followers, one of the last things he says to his disciples says, please, and I can, I can imagine that Jesus said, look at me, look me in the eye right now. I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say, because we're about to go through the most, the darkest moment of our lives. He says, listen to me, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Let me tell you something about prayer. Prayer is, is establishing intimacy with God. And I believe that there is, I believe there is a strong, strong evidence to what I'm about to say. I believe the reason a lot of us have sexual brokenness in our lives is because we never first established real godly intimacy with God and therefore we can never have healthy intimacy with other people because God in his core is a God of love and he calls us into this uh, relationship and it's established on prayer and intimacy and the reason many of us fall into temptation is because we've never learned to have healthy intimacy with God. God, listen, men and women alike, God's calling us into relationship. He's calling us into prayer. He's calling us into conversation. And he says, listen, I want to I be intimate with you. I want to talk with you. And when we have this healthy conversation with God, this healthy intimacy with God, it, it, it influences every other relationship we have. See, right now, very few of you are married, obviously. You don't get married in high school like we do in Louisiana. But uh, very few of you are married. 
Can I tell you the best thing that you can do for the spouse that God has already put his hand on for your life? There's a man or a woman in your future, for most of you, that God is, is leading you toward. God is, is calling you even now to prepare your heart for the husband or the wife of your future. The greatest thing you can do right now is establish these healthy conversations with God. Learn how to talk to God. Learn how to listen to God. Because in that intimacy, in that conversation, God will begin to prepare your heart for the, the man, the woman that God has for your future. And, and, and many times, young men and young women come together and they, they're married and they can't, they don't know how to talk. They don't know how to have, have, they don't know how to have conversations. They don't know how to talk about their feelings and what's going on inside of them because we've never learned to do it with God. God, God is the proving ground. God is the soil of our heart. And he wants to draw you into these conversations. Intimacy with him prepares you for the marriage that's ahead for you. We pray in order to overcome. Jesus looked at his disciples and says, listen, pray, pray that you don't fall into temptation. Here's the second reason we pray. We pray to overcome and then we pray to forgive. We pray to forgive. It's impossible to forgive someone that you're not willing to pray for. This is true. Some of you came into this conference mad and aggravated at someone. Listen, you can never get free from bitterness and anger for someone if you're not willing to pray for them. In fact, the proof, the evidence that we truly have forgiven someone is when we can really pray for them. And I'm not talking about pray for curses on them. <laughs> I'm talking about praying to forgive. Listen to what Luke says. And Jesus looked at his disciples. He says, I tell you, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And then listen to what Jesus said. Pray for those who mistreat you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you because that's the evidence. That's, that's the sign that something's at work in my heart. Listen, there are people that have offended me. There are people who have hurt my feelings. There are people who, who say bad things about me. But at the end of the day, what happens is if I don't get free from that, I'm the one who's hurt. Bitterness and anger and that unforgiveness is like poison. It's like drinking poison and wishing that someone else would die. It's killing you. It's killing us. And here's the sign. Here's, here's the evidence. Here's what happens when I begin to pray for those people. Someone aggravates me. Someone maybe says a lie or slander, whatever it is. When I begin to pray for them, something changes in my heart toward them. Actually, what happens is I begin to get God's eyes for them. Every person, almost, and I can say this with almost 100% accuracy, I think. Almost every person who has hurt me has been hurt by someone else. Most of the people who have said bad things about you or have gossiped about you are people who have been wounded themselves. And because out of their wound, out of their hurt, their hurt, hurt people hurt people. Wounded people wound other people. I, there was a time, um, there was a guy in our church, this was back at church in Gateway Church back in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth where I was a pastor. Anybody from, from Gateway people here? Are Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth people here today? All right. Good to have you. So, I, so we started this church and there was a guy who took it upon himself to, uh, on an almost daily basis, his, call, his spiritual calling in life was to make me miserable. 
He had a call from God, it seemed like, to remind me and another pastor how awful we were doing as pastors. I mean, honestly, we avoided him like the plague because he, every, every time I saw him, he would remind us how awful the church was. And he was, he was attending the church and he kept telling us how awful we were. And he would, he would just, it was just vile. Everything that came out of his mouth was ugly. And I, I just had my fill of it. You know, I just got tired of it. It was like a year of this. This guy would just critical emails and nasty voicemail messages on my phone. And when he'd see me, he'd remind me of just vicious stuff coming out of him all the time. So finally, I, I got permission from my pastor. I said, listen, can I, can I uh, tell him to leave? <laughs> I was so mad. You know, this guy was a year of this. So I, I went into this meeting angry. And that's a bad thing to do. I went into the meeting with him. I'm mad at him. I know it's hard for you to believe that I would be mad at someone, but I was really mad at this guy, you know. So he sits down in my office, and I was ready to read him the right act. I mean, I'm ready to tell him, listen, there's lots of other churches that would be really blessed to have you as a member. And I know this is going to be hard for you to hear, but, you know, I think there's some other churches that would be blessed with your spiritual gifts of aggravation. That's what I was going to tell him. That was in my heart, man. It was coming out of me. But here's what happened. I prayed first. I said, can we just pray together before we talk? That, this is a good, this is the best move I made. <laughs> pray before I talk. And I, I just said, let's just pray together before we talk, have any conversation, before we say anything about anything else. Can we just pause for a moment and pray? And here's what happened. I took a deep breath. I didn't have one good thing to say about this guy. I didn't, I didn't like him. I didn't like anything about him. And I prayed. And just like that, the Lord showed me something about him. I prayed and the Lord gave me such a clear picture. And I opened my eyes and I said, um, I don't know what this means to you. But the Lord gave me a picture of you. I see an eight-year-old boy under his bed begging God for his dad to stop hitting him. That mean anything to you? Sob. This guy, this guy is angry, mad guy. Just started sobbing like a baby. I've never heard a man cry from the core of his heart. He's sobbing. That's me. That's me. I'm that boy. I'm that eight-year-old boy under the bed begging God for my dad to stop hitting me. That's me. Here's what happened. My whole heart broke toward him. Now, here's a guy that I walked into the meeting one telling him to leave the church. Now, I got this beautiful opportunity to love this guy, care for this guy. I saw him when I was back at Gateway a few weeks ago. He's so happy. He's smiling. His eyes are bright. But it, it, and so instead of turning this guy away, something broke because I stopped and I prayed. Suddenly, my eyes, I saw him like God saw him. And right now, if, if somebody's aggravating you, somebody has mistreated you, most likely you're not seeing them the way God has. And not everyone's going to be that repentant. Not everyone's going to be that broken. It may not, you, and you may not be the person who can help them. But somewhere along the way, they're going to come into an encounter with God. And that wound and that hurt that's causing them to hurt you, that wound and that hurt that's causing them to wound you, God is after them. And while you may be the victim right now, God has not given up on them. And when we pray, we start seeing them differently. We start understanding them differently. 
That's why I pray. I pray so that I can forgive people. The reason I pray for people many times is so that I can let go of this anger, this this bitterness that's in my heart. I pray to overcome and I pray to forgive. Here's the third reason that I pray. I pray to be thankful. I, I, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. How many of you this morning are so thankful for what God's done in your life? I'm so thankful. I, I, am, I am so grateful. You know, I, I wasn't even at the June Desperation Conference last year because I had, had, had open heart surgery. I actually had, I was in the hospital last year, 44-year-old guy getting my heart fixed. And it's, I was signing all, I told you, I was signing all these papers before surgery and it said chance of death on all of them. You know, you, you could die. You know, so I'm, I'm going through all that last year. And I was sitting over there today thinking, man, this is a year later. I feel good. I'm fat, but I feel good. <clears throat> I think that's possible to be both. I'm thankful though. Listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, be joyful always. Pray continually. And I think those two things come together. Look, be joyful always. Pray continually. I believe that people who pray are people of joy. People who learn to pray are people who are thankful to what God's done. Listen to what it says. It says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Listen, we should be the most fun people on the planet. People who pray are fun people. And, and sometimes I, I, when I was growing up, there was always these people who were prayer people, but they were never happy. I was like, they're, they're missing something. I think if you pray, you're going to be a thankful person, this joyful person. Something happens when we pray. We, we, we are encountering this living God who loves us, who's consumed by us. People who pray are people who are fun. People who pray are people with joy. I pray to be thankful. Here's the fourth reason. I pray to overcome. I pray so that I can forgive people. I pray so that I can be a thankful person. And here's the fourth reason I pray. I pray so that I can be healed. I'll, James chapter 5, verse 14 says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. I, we have seen this so happen so often here at New Life. In fact, in the last few weeks, just, I'll tell you one story. We had, and I think he's here today. This is a new lifer who's 13 years old, same age as my son. For six weeks, listen to this story. For six weeks, he's a seventh grader. For six weeks, he didn't eat. He had extreme pain all over his stomach and his chest. He went to doctors. They ran every test they could find. They couldn't find anything, but he, he was so sick. He was so weak because he couldn't eat and he was in pain. So he, he's almost, it's toward the end of the school years, back in March and April. So the school told him, look, if you can't come to school, you're going to have to repeat the seventh grade. And let me tell you something, that, that's from hell to repeat the seventh grade. They, that, that's not God. Seventh grade is hard enough to repeat it. Are you kidding me? Go through seventh grade twice? That's a curse. <laughs> so he comes he's, and he, they can't find anything wrong when the doctors run all these tests. And so finally the mom says, hey, I believe James chapter 5. Call for the elders of the church. And so they did. They came to my office and all the elders were there. And we anointed him with oil. And just like that, the next day, he's running around the backyard. He ate three cheeseburgers the next day. He's awesome. He's back. He went back to school the next day. 
He finished the seventh grade. Amen. Come on. <laughs> I mean, but this, listen, here, here's, here's the, I know what, here's, I hear this all the time that people are, are giving up on the idea of the local church. And this, I believe this scripture is, is yet another reason why we cannot give up on the idea of local church. The elders of the church, the place where you are submitted, the place where you're, where you have right spiritual authority in your life, the elders of the church, God uses submission to authority, submission to the local church in that context, in that environment is where God comes and does his, the the miraculous. This is where God brings healing is in the place of the local church and anointing them with oil, pray the prayer of faith so that people can be healed. I, I believe, listen, I believe for you. I believe you can lay hands on the sick and pray for them. And I believe in healing. We, we see it all through the scriptures. And I, I want to charge you this morning to lay hands on the sick, to pray for the sick, to pray the prayer of faith. I pray so that I can be healed. I pray for others to be healed. Here's another thing. Here's verse, the fifth reason that I pray. I pray to be strong. Now what I'm about, I'm about to say something that's going to, it's going to be, it's, it's a theological idea that not every church believes. But I believe, we believe at New Life, that the Holy Spirit, everything, all of the power of the Holy Spirit, all of the work of the Holy Spirit is available for us as Christ followers. That we believe that we are people of the Holy Spirit. We believe that we are people that are empowered by God through the Holy Spirit to do the acts of the apostles, to do the work of God on the earth today. We believe that, that, that the, the, the gift of spiritual tongues is still uh, important for us today. We think it, I mean, and there's a reason why I believe in Scripture that we're to pray with spiritual language, but pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray in tongues all the time, all the time. And there's a reason why I do it. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. In the book of Jude, verse 20 and 21, it says, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. There is, there is a, there's two types of prayer. There's prayers when I pray about things that I'm thinking about, like even driving in this morning, I saw the smoke over the mountains. I prayed for the firefighters. I prayed for things that I knew about. I know there are firefighters up on the mountain right now, and I prayed for them. I know there are people who are grieving over the loss of their home. I know how to pray for that. I know in my mind, those are things that I should pray for. But the Bible says there are some things you don't know what you're praying for, that the Holy Spirit is aware of things going on around you that you may not see with your eyes, you may not hear with your ears, but the Holy Spirit, because he's an all-consuming fire, understands that. And so as a person of the Holy Spirit, there are times during the day where I'm just aware by the power of the Spirit that I am to pray about something. I don't know what I'm praying for. I don't know who I'm praying for, but I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the benefit for me. Here's what happens. I am encouraged. I am strengthened. It says, build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. This is the way we encourage ourselves and we strengthen ourselves. The most discouraged people I know are people who don't pray. The most discouraged people I know have you ever been around somebody that totally hopeless? The people that don't pray, they don't, they, they don't understand the strength of stopping 
and allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you and in you and something happens inside of me. I am the one who's strengthened. I feel strong. I, I feel encouraged when I pray like this. There are times when I'm exhausted. There are times when I'm tired. But somehow when I stop and I pray and allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me, this is strength, this strength from heaven is, comes into my life and I'm stronger because of it. The reason I pray is because I need the strength of God. I need, I need the passion of God. And it's by the work of the Holy Spirit, the praying through the Holy Spirit, that I find this strength. I pray so I can overcome. I pray so that I can forgive people. I pray because I want to be a thankful person. I pray because I believe that God can heal me and heal others. And I pray because I need strength. I pray to be strong. Here's the last reason this morning. I pray to bless I pray to be a blessing. One of the, I, I, uh, we talk about this a lot at New Life. And, and I, want you to, I, want you to, 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 I want you to do this the rest of the conference. We, I believe that worship is prayer and prayer is worship. I believe that songs, that the words on the screen are not just words on the screen. I believe they're declarations. I believe they're prayers. I believe it's prophetic. When we sing the great I am, I'm not just singing it because I like, it's a catchy tune. I'm singing great I am because it's a declaration of who I am and who God is. It's a declaration of what I want to happen in my city. I pray because I, I pray it's as a blessing over people. There, there, I, I, I open up the scriptures and I see these blessings of God and I pray these blessings over people and over God, over our city. I'm always opening up the Bible and I, especially in the Psalms. The book of Psalms, I always open it up and I pray out those scriptures as a blessing over our city, the blessing over my family. And this morning, I want to end with a blessing out of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I want you to, and this is, we're going to put the words on the screen, but I want us to pray this out loud over our families, over our cities that where, we, where you live, over your home, over your own heart. And this is a powerful way. This is one of the reasons I pray. I want to pray because I want to bless. Our words have the power of life and death. And I, I speak blessings, I believe in blessings. If I speak truth, I believe in truth. What I speak, what I pray matters. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 3, it says, God's blessing, say it out loud with me, God's blessing inside the city. God's blessing in the country. God's blessing on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl, God's blessing in your coming in, God's blessing in your going out. I want to read it one more time. I want you to say it. Like it's, it's, I want you to declare it. I want you to be a prayer for our city. We need a blessing on our city right now. We need a blessing on your city. We need God's blessing in our home. Let's say it out loud one more time. God's blessing inside the city, God's blessing in the country, God's blessing on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl, God's blessing in your coming in, God's blessing in your going out. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that our prayers matter, that our voices matter, that what we say matters. Father, I pray today, especially, for any student, any man, any woman, any young person here today that's discouraged because they've prayed and something didn't happen as they imagined. Father, we trust you today. Father, we believe that you've called us to be people of prayer. 
people who pray when others say not to pray, people who pray even when everyone else has given up. Lord, we are people of faith and we're people of boldness. We're people who believe and trust. Father, we thank you this morning that your Holy Spirit is among us. I, I, uh, I just really want to pause here for a second because I really feel the Lord saying something. Even when I said it, I just felt like something happened. There's some of you here today that are sick. And I believe the Lord's here to heal. And I, I want you, if you are, if you want to be prayed for, for healing. And it doesn't have to be anything. Sometimes we, we, I mean, pray for the small thing and pray for the big thing. So if you're here this morning and you want someone to pray, we're going to have our, I'm going to have our desperation staff lay hands on you and pray over you. We're going to have pastors lay hands on you and pray over you. If you're, if you're bold enough to stand up and come down here for prayer for healing, an act of your faith this morning, I believe God is here to heal. If you if you will step out and respond right now, just line up down the front. We're going to lay hands on you. We have some oil here. David, do we have some oil in those baskets? Pass those oil vials around. And we're going to, we're going to believe James chapter five. <clears throat> If any among you are sick, call for the leaders, call for the pastors, call for the authorities that God has given us in our lives. Just to go around, put, put oil on every single person's head or just put oil on them and we're going to pray together. We're going to lay, the laying on of hands is powerful, by the way. The anointing of oil, all that means is I believe by, by asking someone to anoint you with oil, there's no, nothing magical about the oil. It's a sign. Here's what you're saying. I receive the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. And by the laying on of hands, you're saying, I'm in unity with this prayer. I believe in this prayer. I believe in what God's doing. So put, just anoint with oil. We may not have enough oil. We just may have to just pray you. But every, by the way, we don't just need pastors. Everybody lay hands on, put a hand on someone's shoulder right now. Okay, you're, you're going to get prayed for and I want you to pray for someone. The anointing to heal, the, the, God is a healer and by his very nature he wants to heal he wants to restore he wants to redeem so begin to pray for one another right now you don't have to know what's going on in their bodies and their lives but the bible says to pray the prayer of faith healing thank you lord father in jesus name father in the mighty name of Jesus. You see the great need that is here. I have no idea this many people would want prayer for healing. Lord, you see the, the, the tremendous need that is in the house today. And Father, I'm praying now for your sons and for your daughters. These are children of God, sons and daughters. And Father, I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus for every cell and every fiber and every tissue of their body to surrender right now to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Everything has been damaged by disease. Everything has been damaged by sickness. I pray right now that you would restore it and redeem it and replace it and fill them with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, in, in your name, we pray for healing. We ask and we pray. We lean in right now to the work of the Holy Spirit. Healing in the name of Jesus. If you just turn your palms up like this, turn your palms up and just say, Father, I receive healing in the name of Jesus. Every cell of my body is now surrendered.
to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Healing was paid for me at the cross. And I receive it right now by faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't think we're supposed to get there. I think we're just got to linger. But there are, here, here's what I believe. There are times when God immediately heals people. Immediately he's healed. But then there are times when you have to fight for healing. You've got to press in and fight. And you can't be discouraged by that. I want you to, there are some of you right now that are being healed right now. I mean, you're being healed right now. And there are others of us, we're going to pray and fight and we're going to trust and believe. And we're going to press in and seek God. But this is why we can't get in a hurry this morning. This is serious stuff. It's serious business. And when people's bodies are broken, it's serious business. Let's just let's keep your hands on their shoulders. Just keep, I, I feel like the Lord said, press in for a moment. Press in just for a moment. Come on, press in. We're not in a hurry. Thank you, Father. Sing over us, Jared. Just let Jared, Jared's going to sing over us. I want you to keep pressing in and praying here just for a moment.